0: hey everybody i am back with season five of be unconventional and i'm so grateful to all of you who listen week after week to all of you who let me know how much this podcast means to you and how it's helping you grow in the lord and give you new perspective on life that is what this podcast is all about so if you're new to the podcast I encourage you to go back through the seasons and just really be encouraged to walk out and live out of your Christ identity. It's all about going against the grain of society, you guys. So with that being said, I want to let you know also that we are gearing up to be on YouTube. If you've been listening for the past couple of months, you know that that's been my desire. I'm learning what I need to learn, getting the equipment that I need to get so that I can take this podcast to YouTube. So please, if you haven't already, go to YouTube and subscribe to the Be Unconventional podcast with Rikita Harper so that you can be one of the first to know when we make our YouTube debut. Now, let's get into this. When you get new clothes, I'm pretty sure you're excited to put them on because there's a way that putting on something new makes you feel Putting on something new also affects how others see you and feel around you. And ultimately, it affects how you see yourself. I want to talk to you about putting on God's love. You are now listening to the Be Unconventional podcast. Your number one resource for unconventionality. imagine wearing god's love how do you think you would feel if you just wore his love as you wear your clothes the bible talks about doing away with old things and embracing new things we read in colossians chapter 3 verses 9 and 10 it says do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Let's pause on that. It says here that we shouldn't lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices so when we take off the old self when we make a decision to believe in jesus christ to make him our lord and savior we then become a new creation we have put on the new man and we have taken off the old with its evil practices now to a lot of people that's confusing it's like i am saved i do know jesus i've made him my lord and Savior, but. There are still things that I do. I still sin, I still mess up, I still make mistakes. And, and I'm so glad that we have a Savior who has redeemed us from every curse of the law <laughs> because it's in our souls that we still have to um, renew our minds. It's our mind's will and emotions is where uh, our, I'm sorry, our soul is where our mind, will and emotions are. And that part of us was not redeemed at salvation. So that part of us is constantly being renewed. It's a daily sacrifice. Okay. Um, That part of you uh, still has the ability to think evil, to do evil, to make mistakes, etc. But you can put on your new self and you're being renewed. You're constantly being renewed to the true knowledge according to the image of the one who created you. In Ephesians chapter 4, 22 and 24, it says in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside or put off the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with lusts of deceit and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness and of truth. The spirit part of you that was redeemed at salvation has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. When we put on that new self, we are then made righteous, made righteous and holy. And you still say, but wait, I still have these crazy thoughts. I still, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. And then the, the next scripture that I want to read to you is Colossians 3, 12 through 17. And this is the, the main scripture, our theme scripture for the mission trip that I went on. And it says, therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Verse 13, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Verse 14, above all, this means that this is the most important, this is the biggest takeaway. Above all, put on love which is the perfect bond of unity verse 15 and let the peace of christ to which you were also called in one body rule your hearts and be thankful let the word of christ dwell richly among you In all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wow, I love that verse. And that particular verse, it's interesting that that was our theme I see our group, the group that I was with in Nashville, I see us in that passage of scripture, how we were so intentional, each one of us, to put on the love of God, to see each other through the eyes of the spirit and not through the filter of the flesh, to look past people's quirky personalities or annoying personalities and see them for who god called them to be it made our mission trip legendary everything everything in the bible tells us to take everything the bible tells us to take off represents our old nature our old habits our old ways of thinking and old ways of living This is why we can't put new wine into wineskins. The same way we can't be a new creation and hold on to our old ways. So about my mission trip. You know, that's what this whole episode is about, by the way. It's about my testimony and how I grew in eight days. Seriously. Um, When I read Psalms 23 in the Passion Translation... It literally reminds me of my mission trip, and I'll read it for you a little bit. um well, I'm gonna read all of it um psalms twenty three in the passion translation uh verse one Yahweh is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough, so the host church that um you know that was responsible for us while we were in Nashville they showered us with the love of God man they made sure that we ate like kings they made sure that we had more than enough and we know that God was the supplier God was the source of that and they were the resource um there was so much food available to us it was unreal And so I just look at that scripture where it says, Yahweh is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. Boy, did we. Verse 2, he offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. He tracks me, uh, his tracks take me to an oasis of peace near the quiet brook of bliss. So when it says he offers a resting place for me and his luxurious love, first of all, we were in a barn dominium. <laughs> and it was, um, it felt luxurious yet rustic at the same time. And it was so peaceful. I mean, extremely peaceful. Because that's what my God does. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace. Verse 3. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me the right path and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Listen. I have never felt more restored and revived. He did that for me this past week. I, I I can't say enough of that experience and it's been nearly um 2 weeks now. <laughs> um we've we've been back I'm sorry, we've been back a week. Yeah, we've been back a week. And I'm still on a high from that. Um I feel I feel so good. I'm going to get to how. <laughs> um, Verse 4. Even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. For those of you who don't know, what we were doing on our mission trip in Nashville was street evangelism. There's a lot of lost, hurting people in America. So when people say, Mission trip they automatically assume overseas, um our Bible college allows us the option of doing domestic and international, so um people right in our backyard, man, in our own nation are in need of Jesus, and we were in some deep, dark places, led by the Holy Spirit of God, of course, but like this scripture says in verse four psalm twenty three verse four even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness. (laughs) Well, it did. It really did. Uh, Fear will never conquer me for you already have. I love that. Uh, It says, your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely for you are near. I love that about God. And I felt his presence every day that I was in Nashville. And it's like, you know, his presence can't be limited to a feeling. You're not always going to feel God. Um, you, you know that he's with you and that he'll never leave you or forsake you. But it's, it's not every day a feeling. But literally every single day that week I felt his presence with me. Verse 5 says, You become my delicious feast even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all that I can drink of you until my cup overflows. I kept saying on this trip, man, my love bucket is full. My love bucket is overflowing. I was filled up to the brim with his love. And um, I've just been pouring it out. I'm so ready to just keep pouring out of that. Um, and then it says, uh, verse 6. So why should, why would I fear the future? Only goodness and tender love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your gracious presence to forever be with you. Isn't that awesome? When you read uh, Psalms 23 that way and how like a few times it mentions how his love uh, takes the fear away and that his His protection, like knowing that he's with you, takes the fear away. And so I had to take a deep dive into my own life and think, you know, what are some things that I'm fearful of? What are some things that are getting in the way of me living out my full potential? And so he, he highlighted to me that we were staying in a barn dominium, and they, the owners of the place called it the barn and i noticed i said oh wow the barn um one of our classrooms at karis bible college is called the barn that's where the second year bible college students have class and um i was like lord what's the significance of the barn and so in my long time on this trip I was reflecting how my Karis Bible College journey is coming to an end. I literally graduate in, in a week. And I asked the Lord to show me areas of my life where I may have missed something. Areas that he desired for me to grow in while I was in Bible College that I haven't yet. That's what I wanted the Lord to show me. But that's when the Holy Spirit brought me back um to the place where we're staying called the barn and our classroom being called the barn and i'm like okay what do we have here and he said to me the barn is where he began his work in me and the barn is where he will reveal to me the work he's done and i was blown away by that so i started thinking what does he mean what do you mean by that The barn is where you started your work. But he was talking about the work he started as soon as I started my Kara's Bible college journey. God did not send my husband and I here for no reason at all. There was a work to be done in us for where we're going in our next level of ministry. And so the Lord was like, I want to show you the work that I began in the barn and the work that I'm revealing to you in the barn. Okay, so the first message that really spoke to me um, that I, it was when I realized that I was there for this, was establishing a prosperous soul. And it was taught by Pastor Greg Moore. And I heard that message in the barn. My biggest takeaway from that teaching was your level of prosperity depends on the level in which your heart and spirit are aligned. And he was coming from that scripture, um, you shall prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So remember, you guys, we're spirit, soul, and body. Our spirits are redeemed, clean, perfect, made one with Christ. And the soul part of us is our mind, will, and emotions. And they have to be renewed to the truth of who Jesus is and his finished work on Calvary. And that's the part of us that wasn't redeemed at salvation and what hasn't been redeemed must be renewed so establishing a prosperous soul was helping me understand exactly how to renew my mind how do i establish a prosperous soul and i didn't realize how much that teaching impacted me until i was on this mission trip so the lord said okay I showed you how to establish a prosperous soul in the barn and in this barn in Nashville I'm gonna reveal to you a prosperous soul and so it was in my soul where all of my worry anxiety and fear came from because my spirit is incapable of fearing and worrying but my mind my will my emotions would really get the best of me sometimes and for me As long as I can remember, I would fear certain opportunities because I had traumatic experiences where people um, would be very insecure and jealous and uncomfortable whenever I got an accomplishment, won an award or got an opportunity. And so as early as, I don't know, maybe elementary school, just always being preferred or always getting parts, or um, I was just having fun and doing what I love to do. I was never trying to be in the spotlight. I was never craving it or wanting it. It came with my passion and love for music and performing. And so as early as I can remember, as soon as I saw that what I brought to the table made people uncomfortable, I cared so much about people. That I would just back away I would bypass opportunities that I really wanted because I knew somebody was going to be jealous mad angry uncomfortable and so I've carried that care with me for years I genuinely care about people and I'm called to people so it's hard for me not to care for people if I'm called to them but I was overly concerning myself with what they thought of me. And there was, on this trip, on this particular trip, I was able to really be me. You know, I would often say to myself, if the people who hated my guts only knew how much I really wanted to get to know them, and how much I had in me to share with them, how much love I have in me to share with them if they only knew. But on this trip, everybody on my team saw me for who I really was. They saw me in the spirit and not somebody that they just assumed wanted to be the leader, assumed that I wanted the spotlight. No, 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 no. There was no jealousy. There was no insecurity. There was none of that. I had zero fear of anyone rejecting me and I had zero fear of anyone talking about me behind my back. I mean, all the traumatic things that I've been through when it comes to using my gifts and talents, I didn't worry about that. The whole week I was in Nashville, the whole week, the people on my mission trip were able to receive what God placed inside of me for them. And I was able to receive from them without reservation because of the purity of heart that was in in our group. We all put on love and there was zero fear present to trust and serve one another. And so the Lord told me he was proud of me for that because that was the biggest battle of my soul. Okay, so now that I've been back, I'm on a journey to maintaining a prosperous soul. I established a prosperous soul. God revealed to me what it looked like. And now I choose to maintain it. Now that I know what it feels like to be free from being overly concerned with how people see me, I have established my prosperous soul. Like I said, and how I maintain it, I want to share some nuggets with you that I believe the Lord spoke to me on that trip. Um, Some nuggets on how to maintain your prosperous soul. Number one, don't always assume that people will not like you. When you put on love, you don't have time to judge the hearts and motives of others who are probably giving you hell. Okay? Because you would be too busy loving the hell out of them to care. (laughs) so don't just walk into a room and take that victim mentality of there's probably gonna be someone here that don't like me no we do not have time to think like that in order to maintain a prosperous soul we can't do that number two look for the good in all things Don't be so quick to always think or see the worst in people or situations. There's a huge difference between suspicion and discernment. Discernment is actually rooted in God's love. And it is a tool that God gives us to recognize when he is or isn't in a situation. But suspicion is rooted in fear. And it is connected to past trauma and past patterns of people who have given us a reason not to trust them. Number three, God did not call you to complain, but to comply. That one hit me hard. When we're constantly complaining, it's difficult to see God at work in our lives. Our compliance does not need commentary in the form of a complaint. Complaining clouds our judgment. Let me give you an example of that. So while we were in Nashville... Uh, we separated into groups and we went to help out other organizations for instance my group went to a um, um like a homeless facility it wasn't like a homeless shelter but they feed the homeless they do a lot of work in underserved communities it was another nonprofit, and we did gardening with them and so they had like several different projects like who wants to pick up rocks? Who wants to lay down hay? And people kept beating me to the easy stuff. I'm like, I just want to do something easy because I don't work outside. I don't work with my hands. I don't like stuff like this. It's hot. You know, I'm already like complaining in my mind. And so the only job left to do was to build chicken coops. <laughs> and I was like, you got to be kidding me. And so the um, the girl there taught me Uh, what I needed to know to finish building these coops. And every time I fixed my mouth to complain, it's like Holy Spirit's blocked it. And I had to choose to see the good in what I was doing. And so I made a point to just start asking questions like, what exactly do you guys do? And how will these chicken coops help? Um, so the way that we were building these things, it was um, going to help like the chickens would, I guess, eat the grass. And so I guess they wouldn't have to mow as much and um, we they could get more chickens donated to feed more families. And so I had to look at what I was doing. Like, OK, I'm being compliant. I'm being obedient, but I'm complaining. It doesn't make it better. I, I, Like complaining was clouding my judgment. Once I figured out that I was sowing my time. And I was sowing my talent. Once I realized that I was sowing. That what I was doing was a seed that was being planted. That a homeless family or an underserved family could reap a harvest from a seed that I planted. That's when it shifted for me. So your compliance doesn't need complaining. That just takes the lesson out of it. It's hard to see God in anything when you're too busy complaining. Number four, don't have an opinion where you have no obligation. This one's big for me because I'm a reformer by nature. I like to look into things and see how they could be better. I can walk into a business and quickly recognize If their systems and processes need to be updated, that's just the kind of brain I have. However, when you don't have an obligation in a thing, for instance, if I am not the owner or the, yeah, if I'm not the owner of the Chick fil A down the road, yes, I may be a paying customer and my opinion might matter on a survey or something like that but if i witnessed a manager at chick-fil-a you know training one of their employees to wipe the table counterclockwise instead of clockwise i don't need to go share my opinion on how that you know oh maybe you should do it like this no if you get what i'm saying like if it's not your position if it's not if you're not responsible for it just don't don't have an opinion. Learn to let it go. Learn to see things that need to be fixed and realize that you're not in a position to fix it. So all you have to do is pray. It will ease your mind. It will ease your mind. This, ladies and gentlemen, is number four of how I'm maintaining my prosperous soul. Now, you can get your own nuggets, but I'm telling you, this one's a game changer. I'm a natural born leader and I'm a natural born reformer. So when you put a reformer slash leader in one person, I can quickly go into, if if I'm in an unhealthy state, I can quickly go into judgment and criticism. And a lot of us do that. A lot of us go into judgment and criticism. I remember, and I'm still talking about my mission trip, but we were getting groups. Um... To, to be on kitchen duty in our barn dominium. And the whole point of the kitchen crew was to cook breakfast for the people we were on the mission trip with. And already I'm judging in my mind like, no, because I know such and such, they probably don't even wash their hands. They, I don't want to be on their kitchen team because it's just like, girl, chill out. Or saying things like, well, I don't know if this person can cook you know and judging instead of looking at the bigger picture these people are serving us we are serving our peers we're we're sacrificing our time our sleep our nap time to prepare sack lunches for everybody and it just kind of it made me loosen up it made me loosen up and just go with the flow a little better and um it made me more free to not always have an opinion where I didn't have an obligation. I didn't realize how that was taxing on my mind and in my soul that I was concerning myself with other people's affairs and not like in a nosy way. Like I'm just minding other people's business, but in their business enough to see that they need to do something different. And I was going to tell them. you see what I mean. Basically, mind your business. <laughs> That's basically what I'm saying. So those are my nuggets on how I'm maintaining a prosperous soul. Also on this trip, I received a renewed sense of purpose. I, like I said, I know I'm called to people and I'm so used to people seeing me the wrong way and it would prevent me from sharing what I know I had for them. But because of the acceptance there and the backing that I had in the spirit from um, my brothers and sisters in Christ, the Lord has shown me that the same he He's shown me that the same way many of us left dead things buried in Nashville. For me, I'm to take the restoration and renewed sense of purpose that I received from Nashville and live from that place from now on. I know the Lord's called me to be a creative problem solver, whether it's music, singing, leadership, discipleship, or like I said, systems and processes. And I'm okay with who he made me to be because of all that love that was put on me it's like I'm finally okay with me even if other people are not and that if you've been listening to this podcast it's been a journey I have been like free from people's opinions but there's something so dramatically different about this level of freedom that I received on my mission trip and I can't really explain that but I know that God's love was put on me very thick in Nashville. It's like when you put something on and you wear it, I I feel okay to wear that love with no apologies, no regrets, no reservations, no limits. Now I can go out and pour out of what's been given to me without fear of being rejected, misconstrued, or misunderstood. And so... Um also when I read the uh the love chapter in First Corinthians 13, I can see how much I've grown just by reading that chapter. And so one of the things that I encourage people to do, which one of our um Bible instructors also encourages us to do it, um, is when you when you read that love chapter, everywhere where it says love, put your name. <laughs> And uh, it'll kind of show you where you need to grow. (laughs) But in this case, I'm just going to read it to you guys. But um, starting in verse 4, and uh, I think this is the Passion Translation too. But love is large and incredibly patient. I can feel that in myself. I can sense this new level of patience that I can operate in now after my trip. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. There were people on my trip that I just knew was going to be like a sandpaper person. Somebody that just grinds my gears and gets on my nerves. And so if I already had that thought, then I was preparing myself to be gentle and kind to some, but not all. But by the end of that trip, I can truly say that I saw all of my brothers and sisters in Christ the right way. And I I brought that back with me. It's like I have this awareness that I I want to be consistently kind. I want to be gentle. It says love refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Now I've never really had this issue jealousy has not been an issue for me in this area. I have always been a cheerleader for others and the dreams and aspirations that they have and accomplish. So um if anything that part of me has just gotten even larger. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. I'm pretty sure I've done this before not intentionally. Um, But I've probably done it out of fear. I think most people brag uh, from a place of fear that they're not going to be accepted. So they feel like they have to put themselves on a pedestal because they fear that they won't be accepted. So I'm pretty sure I've done that before, but that's not who I am today. Um, And even more so, not who I am after the Nashville trip. That's for sure. Love does not traffic and shame and disrespect or selfishly seek its own honor. Um. Yeah, I don't do that. <laughs> and um, I probably won't do that. Knowing what I know now, knowing who I am, that's just... And and knowing how much God loves me. I don't want to be like that. This one's good. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Listen, I lived in a barn dominium with 20 people. Half of which before that trip really got on my nerves. I lived so peacefully with these people for eight days. It's unreal. I'm not going backwards. I refuse to be easily irritated. That is a choice. And I refuse to be quick to take offense. That is also a choice. If you're offended, it's because you want to be. I just declared a day. in in all the days of my life forward that nobody will be able to offend me. I want to live unoffendable. You can't offend love, okay? Uh, Verse six, 1 Corinthians 13, verse six. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Yeah, if anything, that has increased in my life since Nashville. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. You cannot be selfish and walk in love at the same time. I part of my renewed sense of purpose is having this deep um this deep necessity. It's like a necessity to give what I have, to cultivate, um to pastor to shepherd to disciple people it's like i know my husband and i have a discipleship ministry on us but this has intensified since i've gotten back from nashville so um i want i want to see um others reach their full potential i have everybody's best interest at heart and so if you're my friend and you're in my circle you're connected to me like you can probably feel that I'm um, much more excited about you than I was before. <laughs> you can probably feel it. And then last but not least, love never takes failure as defeat for it never gives up. And boy, I can see my growth when I read that scripture. And I thank the Lord for showing me his love and what his love looks like. So that I can imitate that for others. So, as I close, you know, I just want to say that um, I'm really overjoyed at all the new things that will happen uh, with, for, in, and through me. I am way more aware of people's feelings um, and how I may come across to them, you know, but that awareness that I have now, this. This heightened sense of awareness of people's feelings that I have. It's not rooted in fear of how they'll perceive me. Because I'm I'm no longer moved by negative feelings towards me. and I'm not going to try to manage people's perception of me. But I will take myself out of the center. And I will consider the filter that they may be seeing me through and minister to that. In real estate, we called it overcoming objections. Some people may object of me, but the love I have on the inside this deep well of god's love that I have will overcome their objections and i and they may still not like me, but i'm not I'm not going to be moved by that <laughs> at all. So I hope you guys enjoy listening to my testimony about this mission trip and Um, Hopefully in the coming weeks, I will be able to bring some of my mission team on so they can share from their perspective what it meant to put on love. So, yeah, I will talk to you guys next week. But before we go, let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for your love, your unfailing love unconditional and undeniable love that you have for us, we choose to put that on. We choose today to put on your love and to wear it with no apologies, regret, or reservation. And as we wear your love, we choose today to pour out from that love. It is not from our own love, that we love people but it's from you lord and so we thank you for loving us showing us what love really is being that example so that we can imitate that i thank you lord god that whoever's listening just has the strength to live their life from a place of victory and a place of joy and a place that is sure and 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 fully persuaded of your love for them and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're listening to today's podcast and you haven't received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to do that. I want to invite you to know the love that I know. I want you to be able to put on the love that I have on me. And to draw from a deep well of his love. And the only way you can do that is by making him your personal Lord and Savior. And it's really easy to do. All you have to do is repeat after me and believe. Here we go Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner, I recognize that I'm spiritually dead so I come to you so that you can make me new I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that you died for my sins and God raised you from the dead that by your life I can have life I can be in good health And i can prosper with you as my lord and with you as my savior i commit my life to you today and i surrender my all to you today thank you for loving me and thank you for saving me in your name jesus i pray amen and like i always say just like that welcome to the kingdom of god Today is the first day of the best days of your brand new life. If you're blessed by this podcast, leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and also share with others. You can go ahead and visit YouTube and subscribe now to be the first to know when I make my YouTube debut. For all other inquiries... Or if you'd like for me to sing or speak at your event, even if you'd like for me to join you on your podcast, visit www.rakitaharper.com. And as always, friends, be encouraged, be empowered, be inspired, but most importantly, be unconventional.